0: is up marketing interns today is november 27th and the boys from the back pocket are rolling we are back declan brown how are we doing
1: today it's uh november 27th like you said podcast 32 uh we're on our feet ready to roll for this episode um we got some big stuff going on we're going to start with average quality we got our thanksgiving in review we did some big non-average things uh this past weekend um and then we're going to get into a new little segment that we will call uh Thoughts that I had while
0: I was in, T- in this when I was sitting in the TSA line, yeah, you, you, something like that. It, the the title is a work in progress, but I think we'll probably figure out the title by the end of this podcast, or by the time
1: we get to the segment. Yes. So hold on, hold that thought. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, to begin, let's start. Like I said, uh, with our average quality, I would go ahead and say uh, it's our YouTube channel.
0: Is right right off the bat when I'm thinking of our average quality, it's for sure our YouTube channel. Yeah, I, and it's a total work in the work in progress because I don't even know if you can call it average at this point. Mm. But I think we we are attempting to be average at it. Yeah, um, we I have two th- videos posted on it. Go check them out, by the
1: way. Yeah, and let us know how um, how good or not good they are. What's the title of the channel? Is um, it the back pocket. It's or? just called the back pocket podcast or something. Mm-hmm. So go to YouTube and type in the back pocket. and You should find it. Yeah, it's nothing nothing too crazy, and it's also in our link in all of our all over social media. You sh- should be able to find it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um. So with our YouTube channel, um, we having a lot of issues. I wouldn't say we're having issues. It's more of just a we're it's a learning curve.
0: So we're, we're a trial and error podcast, absolutely. And um, so far, we um, have a lot of error going through this process of posting, creating, um, visualizing our podcast because it's something that we're just not used to doing. And um, it's it's trial and error. That's all I can say. Like, Total
1: trial and error. So first. First episode, um, we didn't have the best audio. Um, we didn't really sync up our microphone with the GoPro, so the audio was kind of shoddy. Um, the The visual was all right, but it's pretty stagnant. Yeah, there, there was sunlight here, so we so had, that was
0: good. That was good, so you could see us.
1: Yeah. So first episode, you
0: know. That was like a C-plus, maybe, if we were taking the test. C-plus, but then you counter in the uh, you factor in the length of that video, Yeah, seven minutes, and I don't know if I did a great job with transitions, so I'm going to give us a C-minus, honestly. Okay,
1: C-minus, okay. Yeah. And then, so it was like roughly seven minutes. Go back and, and watch it if you haven't. Um, and then our second video, uh, we were throwing a big curveball. Uh, Mother Nature got the best of us. Um, we didn't know that if
0: it was dark outside, recording in a sunroom would be a bad idea. Yes. And also, I kind of at fault for that as well. I um, diminished the quality of the footage because I was nervous about uploading so much video to my laptop. I didn't know if I had enough storage. A lot of of excuses. A lot of excuses. Cannot have that. Um, No, not excuses. A lot of admits to failure. Sure. I I failed, and I'm ready to grow. Okay, Um, that's fine. So that video ended up, the quality wasn't there, but we we were able we to sync. We nailed the audio. Yeah, we were able to sync the audio, so that one was that And part the of length is
1: only two minutes, but the reason it was two minutes is, well, the GoPro just decided to stop recording, um, so that's happened, I think if you've listened to the last two episodes, you've noticed, like, I've had to get up and like hit the record button again because the GoPro just stops recording out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and like I'm actually pretty impressed that we've had the awareness up to this point to like hit record and keep it going. But we jacked
0: it up on the, the one thing that we wanted to have for our, our YouTube video last week. And it's always hilarious, too, like when I'm editing, going through, when I hear you get up and t- press because you, you hear the boop, 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 and then you just hear Declan just... Because we're on this futon that's got the most springs out of any spring futon. It's the
1: springiest spring futon.
0: Yeah. It's a spring
1: forward. It's really good about being, you know, uh, a nice little warm heat coming after winter. It's It's springy. So... <laughs> Brutal, brutal. <laughs> and then, like another thing too is, um, you, you you turned off the audio, right? So uh, on the the audio recognition thing, so you couldn't, it doesn't beep or make any noises. Yes. Which is exactly why we didn't know
0: why it stopped recording. Yeah. But I mean, it's got to keep recording, right? It, it's got to do its job. I don't know why it stopped. Yeah, we we have yet to figure out the reasons why GoPro keeps turning off on us because we had a sweet segment. Um, please tune into Podcast Thirty One. Um, We're ranking our priorities. Are you kidding me? And the video portion cut out literally like 30 seconds into when Declan was talking about his priorities, and mine had to be justified. So hopefully yeah. you guys listened to it and didn't you know just watch the video. Which I feel
1: like most people are actually watching the video now because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't want to listen to an hour long thing, but I'll for sure as hell watch um, two guys just talk for two minutes, and it's probably the best part of it. So you know, I think it's a, I think it's something that if we work on it and get better, I think uh, you guys are gonna love it. And uh, we're we're hoping to get another camera in here so it looks a little more professional, get two angles, you know, get Andrew talking, then me talking, then maybe mm-hmm. our guest talking. Uh, but this week, uh, we will have Jill Mansky as our uh, podcast uh, video thing, or our YouTube video. Yes. She's going to have our, her little, what we call it, two- to four-minute segment, something like that, mm-hmm. and she's on there and tells her story about... Uh, um, what's it called her journey to nowhere mm-hmm. and that is one of the coolest things you'll hear that later uh in this episode because she's uh, our interview for today
0: yes yeah. so as you can see the youtube channel is a work in progress a trial and error method um so please just st- stick stick with us and we'll get better that's yeah, what we do that's what we do um so trapping the puck and moving on we got to talk about our thanksgiving because uh we were talking prior to the recording and we just both kind of agreed that this was one of those times where we were above average. Yeah, we did above average things for Thanksgiving. Yeah, might as well give ourselves a little pat on yeah, little the
1: back. A little pat on work. the back. On. Okay, good work, good work. So, Andrew, you uh, went to Faith's um, Thanksgiving dinner, right? Correct. And you know that was a little. There's a little premise there uh, in the podcast 31 with uh, our interview with uh, Faith and Sierra. Go back if you haven't listened to that. Um, but yeah, how, how did that end up? Did, I mean, she had the, the uncles that were uh, going to make funny her for because of you, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of tension there.
0: How did that work out? So at the end of the day, um, I got, as far as I know, I got a review of a flying colors. Like, I passed. Okay. So I'm, I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Um, how did it go? She was spot on with how she described her uncles. Whatever I did or whatever I said, they would, like, pan over to Faith and then, like, make a comment towards Faith about it, you, about me or nice, about her nice. and her like childhood and like everything. It was just it was hilarious. It was priceless. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Um, she has three uncles, so there's four Nepple um mm. uncles there. Mm, there was I think 15 people total. Wow. It's a big um, crowd. And I plugged the back pocket nice. to everyone. Good. I think we got two or three more um subscriptions from that nice one of the aunts had our went back and listened to the uh the girlfriends episode excellent and she uh told Faith that we do a great job oh excellent <laughs> yep so another little pat on the back oh. there
1: mm-hmm. nice
0: um, and
1: that's always good when you, you know you show up and uh you're kind of worried about icebreaker topics to talk about like how's the weather mm-hmm. you know I'm thankful for you uh the football games on you know you can scrap all those when you have a podcast because hopefully you know people are aware that you have a podcast and that's your talking point immediately and that'll cover
0: you for at least five minutes easy easy i mean another part of thanksgiving it's easy for football guys like we walk in there and it's like the perfect environment for us yeah because there's football on tv um it's the football time of year and i play and we play football we play football and and we're doing well right now so it was like um easy conversation if there was silence there'd be like uh, how's the Tommy's doing? Something like that. We're doing well. Yeah, that's great. It's a great point, point. and you know,
1: obviously, tons of food to eat. Um, sure, the food was great. Uh, Faith's a great cook, as we
0: all know. Um, yeah, that's great. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. Um, the food was phenomenal, and what I was surprised by was the main course dish was prime rib, mm. and home cooked, phenomenal. No, they, they had no side, turkey? they had side dish of turkey. Mm, which was phenomenal prime, also with the prime, prime ribs rib which i caught me off guard like curveball uh, right away i walk yeah. into a prime rib thanksgiving i didn't know what to expect i was kind of flustered i was a little disappointed i think that's a tryptophan overload if i'm correct he put that prime rib on my plate and, and you're like okay sure I'll, I'll eat it i'll have what i'm having i'll have what i'm having <laughs> mm. <laughs> you love being incontinent i love being incontinent so i just want to make it clear thank you um carson and ursula for welcoming me nice. into your home Um uh, it was a it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Carson and Ursula. Appreciate that. Um,
1: so my Thanksgiving, a uh, little bit of change up this year. So uh, as far as the the audience, nothing has changed. So uh, we got a big family of seven. You know, we all got around the table. Grandma was there. Um, that was fantastic. Um, but the the best thing was is when I uh, before this podcast podcast thirty one again referring back to that. If you go back, if you haven't listened to it already, I mentioned how. Uh, we, uh, as a family, it's a tradition to go around and say what we're thankful for. Mm. And, uh, this year, you know, everyone's complaining about saying like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go around and say what we're thankful for. Like, Oh, come on, mom. Like that stinks. So I, uh, I threw a little curveball in there. I said, uh, why don't we all just go around and say, uh, two roses and a thorn. I didn't even say like two, th- two roses and a thorn of the past year. I didn't even say two roses and a thorn of each other. I just said, let's do two roses and a thorn. And everyone's like, Oh, I'll, everyone bought it pretty yeah. much. I was like, okay. So this is going to be interesting. And then so I went first. I can't really remember what I said. Um but I said like my the I think I think I said one of my thorns was um the fact that I had to like fly back this morning. Uh, or on Sunday morning at 6 a.m., so that stunk, but other than that, it was, uh, the roses were absolutely So your thorn kind of even showed your family how much you appreciate them, you wanted to stay longer. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I want to, I want to be here longer, you Mm -hmm. know. I love you guys. I love you guys, I just want to, I just want to be here forever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's fun. I love family, food, and and faith, I guess. It was fun. Football. Football. Uh, Duh. Okay, totally missed that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a blast, um. Everyone went around. I, I can't really remember what everyone said, but you know the, the thorn was a big problem. And the, the what I realized was the placement of the thorn is even more important. Mm. Because if you go two roses right away and then you finish with a thorn, you kind of look like an idiot. Or not an idiot, but more of a negative Nancy, as mm. most people would call them. Um, as so, we've learned from Faith. As we've learned. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Faith so, was uh, very savvy with that and kind of told yeah, us. Picked up on it. Yeah, she picked up on it. She told us like, hey. Let's end with the good note, because we're a feel-good story. Yeah. You want to end on positive note. Yeah, we're positive guys. So, yeah. um, you know, I started off wrong. I had two roses, and
1: then I did a thorn, uh, which is a total not-savvy vet move on my end. But then by the time we got to the eighth person, uh, my father, he finished with, uh, actually, I think he had, like, three thorns, and then he had, like,
0: three roses. So. Ooh. you <laughs> went off track big time, but yeah. he finished strong. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So fun to be a part of. Hey, uh, Declan Brown. Um I believe that you have made your family better, yeah, so that's all you can ask for at the end of the day yeah podcast this family uh brought the podcast to my actual family, mm. so worked out well, pretty awesome
1: um so you know transitioning i uh, to mention i uh, flew home for thanksgiving, so I flew home the day of thanksgiving um right after football practice on wednesday um and you know as uh, most people know about me um i'm not i wasn't a i'm not a airport wizard by any means uh, we got I'm sitting right next to uh the wizard. Airport Andrew, and uh, I you know, I had a lot of trouble, uh, I would say, uh, six, seven months ago. You know, I would say early February, um, Declan at the airport was not very strong, and uh, Andrew, you took me under your wing. When we went to Aruba, you made me a better man. Mm. Ever since Aruba, I've been undefeated against TSA. you got a winning streak going. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a really hot streak. Okay. Yeah, so that's been good. Um, but what's crazy is uh, TSA has totally changed. Um, how they scan people going through, they like make you put all your electronics in one bin, and then everything else in the other bin, and your shoes in a separate bin. Like your shoes are now like a premier thing to be looked at um, in the in the TSA check line. So, I was talking to uh, one of the TSA guys, and he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to add like two hours to your to your uh, to your trip, or when you show up to the airport, show up two hours earlier." I was like. You're out of your mind, old man. Like I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, just um, for your shoe bin. Yeah,
1: it's just for my shoe bin. You yeah. kidding me? I still got to take my belt off, which I don't understand that either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So that it's it, it's added a lot of time when you're waiting in line uh, to get um through the through
0: the TSA checkpoint. Okay. Um. So so the line is backed up more, mm-hmm. and you're gonna spend more time in li- in the line. Correct. That's what you're saying.
1: Regardless, regardless what airport you go to, I don't yeah. care if it's LAX, I don't care if it's Atlanta, Charlotte. Uh, Denver, it, it doesn't matter. Mm. So, uh, and of course, they they roll it out, you know, during the holiday season when everyone needs to travel. So, very convenient. Thank you. Uh, but uh, you know what? I I was sitting in line this morning uh, at probably four ish, four four thirty, four forty this morning, and you know, I was like, I I need to, I can't just be sitting here like a bum at four a.m. I got to think about doing something uh, useful. You, with my you time. were looking for an opportunity to work. I was looking for an opportunity to work, and you know what I found? I found uh, a new segment, and I, I titled it. Um, Thoughts that I have or ideas that I came up with when I was in the TSA line. Okay. Um, so this is a great new segment. And, uh, you know, I was literally just like kind of dog tired, just sitting there in line, you know, kind of acting like a bum. And then I was just on my phone. I looked kind of like a, 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 your typical millennial just texting on your phone. But really, I was working. I was working hard. I had I was on my Google Docs. Content, content,
0: up. content. So uh,
1: here are a couple things I wrote. Um, I'd love to hear your comments. Yes. Okay. So this is our newest segment. Um, here we go. So first idea I had. Um, we should interview our grandmothers, um, filled with untapped knowledge. Want to get to know them before it's too late. Okay. Uh, so we be calling our grandmas, like you calling your grand, one of your grandmas or both your grandmas. One week, I yep. call my grandma. Another week, I already actually talked to her about this, and she's like, "I totally want to get on the podcast because she has a cell
0: phone, and never gets calls." So I was like, "All right, I'll." Your cell phone speed ready? Phone. Yeah. Uh, absolutely wonderful idea, my grandmother. Both my grandparents would truly appreciate that. Yeah. I think it'd, it would be more effective um, in two levels. One, for the podcast. And two, just to bring joy to their hearts. Because it's always great to bring joy to your grandparents' right. hearts. And I feel like they
1: got a lot of stuff they, they can talk about about you know, 2017. 2017 and this kind of
0: era is a lot different in their eyes mm. than it is in our eyes. Yes. So maybe a
1: different perspective there.
0: My grandma on my dad's side, she's from um, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, what's the town? Minitoba. The one with um, How to Make a Murder? Oh, Manitonka? I don't know where it is. It's yeah. the how to make a murder, yeah. Capital of Wisconsin. Mm. But she's she she's got some good stories about that whole town. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So okay. I uh, great idea. Okay, thank you. Did I nail
1: that one? Yeah, oh, sweet. Okay, um I got another one. Uh we should start giving out awards for average qualities. Um and then I call it I. e. average guy or girl of the week. Okay. Just for random stuff that they do, maybe like we go out to famous people and then we reach out to them, and be like, "Hey, you run Average Guy of the Week," and they'll be like, "No way, thanks." You know, something
0: like that. I think that's got potential.
1: Okay, and okay. we got to
0: work on that one, but okay. I think that's that could uh, lead us into a, a journey we have not touched yet. Okay, yeah.
1: Okay, I got another one. Okay, um, so here's this one's a little bit off track, but uh, create a podcast Christmas list, and then in parentheses I write, uh, "Go over the difference between a need and a want." That's a tremendous idea. Okay. That will happen. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. Okay, and then uh, this one gets even crazier. Um, I say, Europe doesn't have daylight savings. How does one choose not to have daylight savings?
0: Um, not necessarily an idea,
1: but uh, this, is, this is This
0: is a, cr- a, a crazy transition. So I was – originally when you described this segment, I was like, okay, he's coming up with just ideas about um, – the podcast, and what, how, where we can take it. That's how it started. That's how it starts, right? <laughs> and then transition, boom, we flip a switch. Now Declan's mind is rolling about things that he's just questioning about our world. That this would be good to
1: talk about on the podcast. That, so yeah. why, why is Europe allowed to, which I'm pretty sure, I remember last time I went there, that just it was like dark at 2 p.m., and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's because they don't have daylight savings, which totally made sense in my head, but it just didn't add up now. So how does that work? Like, they just don't have daily savings. They don't add an hour, subtract an hour every year, and so the time just gets warped,
0: I guess. I'm going to have to do my research on this one. I am I'm, I'm, I'm i didn't even know that, yeah. so now I'm... Uh, <laughs> I, that could be my, what did I learn? Possibly. Okay,
2: okay. Because yeah, I did learn that.
0: Isn't that
1: wild? I didn't know. I just didn't, I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. No, um, no idea. My next idea, or my next thing, um, was uh, I, I was sitting in line, I saw, like a, a like, a couple, actually, like, a family of, like, four... That were dressed in like entire PJs. And I was like, I mean, I get it, it's 4.45 in the morning, but like that's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. In in my mind, that's what I thought. Because, you know, we have a strict dress code as a podcast, you know, jeans, uh, comfortable tennis shoes and a pullover. You know, that's baseline and a hat. Um, So I said uh, airports should have a more strict dress code. Uh, might help with efficiency. So this was kind of towards the end when I was getting sick of waiting. Yeah, I think I definitely. Yeah. So, so now kind of you're trying to
0: now you're trying to create ideas to help this. this <laughs> now process. I got idea, now I got ideas for TSA. Yeah, TSA. Here here's some stuff to get your yeah. uh, your act together. Yeah, TSA. If you're listening, let's uh, let's get a little dress code implementation. So then we got people not wearing snow boots in the TSA line, and they got to untie their to snow boots. They got to put them in the separate oh the pin. snow like, it's the, like, like like combat boots. Yeah, like, what are like, we doing? Wear shoes you can slip
1: on, slip off. It's day one boot camp. It's day one. It's day one TSA pre-check dude. Gosh, like,
0: um, have your laptop in a pocket where it's easily yeah, and accessible. And I feel, to pull and off. I feel like Don't if be-
1: someone, if there was a strict dress code, like going golfing or you know something like that, where you got to, you know, what you need to dress, and it requires some sort of planning before you get to the airport. Mm-hmm. If you have to plan to dress before you get to the airport, you're gonna have to plan in advance to, of what you're gonna do when you get to the airport, right? So you're going to be like, okay, i got to dress skip the airport, but then you're going to be like, okay, wait, i got to get there like probably an hour or two hours early. If everyone's doing that, that's going to make everything more efficient. So, just something if, to think about. If people are more thoughtful, it doesn't even... It, TSA... If you force people to be more thoughtful, yeah. it helps with the overall efficiency. Yeah, that was need, my idea.
0: Mm, okay. Okay,
1: okay. then uh, my last one. Um, so this one's wild. Um, so, I, it's just another question. I, I guess we can talk about this as well. It's kind of with the holiday theme. I say... Uh, Why is Thanksgiving the only holiday that's on a consistent day every year? So uh, Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, no matter what, every year. doesn't matter what November date it is. It's November 20-something every year, right? But it's always on a Thursday. What other holiday does that?
0: I can't think of another one. Like Labor Day and Memorial Day are always those on those Mondays, Mondays. But those
1: are like average holidays. Talk of
0: big holidays. Christmas. Christmas is on the twenty fifth.
1: Always, but why? Why can't it be on a Why can't it be on a Friday? Yeah, I think Christmas on a Friday would be freaking cool. I think the only one that's probably got to stay is probably Fourth of July. Okay, Fourth of July. Out. But that one's historical. Like they th- historians and theologians just threw a dart at a at a calendar and were like. Jesus was probably
0: born on this day. Oh yeah! If you listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson go over the day, like Christmas, the twenty fifth, he has the wonkiest. It's oh, it's it's a very like scientific, like spot on, but he just takes you on this like wild journey, of, journey of the how they like they came up the twenty fifth of December. Is it like Cosmos Christmas edition? It's totally Cosmos Christmas edition, and I it was on um, Joe Rogan's podcast when Neil deGrasse Tyson was on. That. Okay, and it's so true though, like if it should be on sunday or uh, well do uh, christmas okay. should be on a certain day of the week so people in the workforce
1: you know i think they actually kind of appreciate it having christmas be at a variable day cuz if christmas is on like a wednesday then you probably get off the tuesday the thursday and the friday of that week so you don't have to come in monday and then some people probably be like screw it let no one comes in this week you know yeah. what i'm saying but if it's on a friday Christmas on a Friday, then you probably only get off Thursday, and then you'd have to work Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of people do like that, but it's like... So what if it's always I'm, on a Wednesday, then? If it's always on a Wednesday, like, yeah. Then it helps the if if whole it was, world. If it, if, yeah. And I've also... The other thing I've heard, though, is that Jesus was born, like, somewhere in the summer. Like, he was a summer baby. Yeah. And so what's up with that? I don't, I don't understand that. I also don't understand Easter, but Easter has some sort of, like, it's the third moon after the solstice or something. So we'll have, to, we'll have to check in on that as well. It's all mumbo-jumbo
0: to me. Yeah, a lot of mumbo-jumbo. However, it's more opportunity for us to do our research because, you know, the guys at the back pocket are um, well in-depth in doing our research. Yes. Okay. So,
1: well, let's circle back on these questions next week. We might have some answers. We may not have some answers, depending on what we do. It might have created more questions. Yes. <laughs> this might be a whole
0: exploration of one segment. Yep. Anyways, great, great segment, I think. Well played. You know, TSA, sometimes you're awfully long. However, sometimes you provide us opportunities to work, and we are grateful. Yeah, so thanks for giving us, like, 15 minutes of content right there. Uh, So, trapping the puck. Uh, Now we're going to kick it to our interview. This was an awesome interview. We had Joe Mansky on. Um, who is an Im- immunology teacher, professor here at the University of St. Thomas. Declan, do you want to give our marketing interns like 30-second background on her?
1: Yeah, so she was referred to us by Dr. Brendel, who is the meditation guy, and said she was totally awesome, and she was. She totally lived up to the expectation. But yeah, she really goes into depth about how, um, what your immune system is, how it works, what you can do to be healthier, and she she's just kind of like the global health guru, is what I would call her, um, and then... We also get into, uh, we, we ask her a bar, uh, where we do our bar story segment with her, and her bar story segment was awesome, and we referred to it earlier, it's The Journey to Nowhere, and that is a must listen, um, so go ahead and get to that, or at least make it to that point. Um, so, hope you enjoy it. Let's
0: kick it to it. Marketing interns, we have a fantastic guest today. She is an immunology uh, expert and she uh, is the chairman of biology
2: at HHP.
0: HHP. Mm -hmm. Um, Regardless, she's a fantastic (laughs) guest, and we are very excited to have her on. Um, So let's welcome Jill Manske. Thanks. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for coming. Um, So we are the guys from the back pocket, and we love to reach out to as many people as we can, and we're actually recommended to reach out to you by Dr. Brendel, who was a fantastic guest. Please go back and... uh, uh, Listen to that podcast. Give Uh, us a five-star review. Oh, yeah. Podcast 28. Yep.
1: Give us a five-star review. Uh, Subscribe.
2: Two thumbs up. I'm going to ditto that, too. Absolutely. Go listen to Bill.
1: Um, So we do our research here on the back pocket, and uh, we did a little research on you. Uh And uh, we found, like, two paragraphs worth of, like, things that you are or have done. And so uh, what we call you the uh, immunology and, you know, general health biology. Like, what exactly is, like, your favorite title to go by?
2: My favorite title go by? Yeah. I don't really like titles. Do we have to have a title? We do not have Okay, to. good. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, if I were to pick something, you know, that, that I would like people to say, this is the thing she does, I, I want to be a teacher. Oh. I want to teach that cool stuff, so.
0: I not yeah. I love that. Gain the knowledge and just want to help other people. Aqu-
2: That's right, right. Share that knowledge. Decide what you find is super cool and, and share it with other folks.
0: So I hope, marketing interns, we have a teacher that is going to teach you guys, so please lock in, take out your notepad, because this is going to be a fantastic interview. Open those ears up. Um, So, you know, as we do with all our guests,
1: um, we like to start off with, you know, something that represents us as a podcast. We're average podcasters, we're average guys, um, you know, makes for an average show. But, um, so with that being said, um, what is your average quality?
2: That's a hard question because, kind of like everything... (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um you know um i saw that question and i'm like oh that's a really good question what are you average at isn't everybody kind of like want to be better at some stuff and average at stuff and so like average well cooking because i don't really like to cook but okay. i could if i had to um,
1: um what's your go-to meal like if you have if you got family coming over like Thanksgiving's coming up what's the uh, what's the go to meal for yeah. obviously Thanksgiving, uh, obviously yeah, Thanksgiving. What, what do you
2: like to cook like to cook see you just you just oh, yeah, you just like... you know nail the whole thing there <laughs> you call you know Kowalskis and you say okay. bring this to me and you put it in the oven and you make it in... mm-hmm. no actually Thanksgiving is um, I have a really big family and so everybody just brings. Is assigned signed something? Yep, it's okay. a group I'm kind effort. kind of the dessert queen. Nice,
0: mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, that
1: was
2: a good one.
0: We had when we had President Sullivan on. She, um, I think, had a similar average quality yeah, in regards cooking. to cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she was saying how, um, when, what's her favorite? When we asked her what's her favorite meal when a group of family members are coming over for a weekend or something, and she said, I usually cater or yeah or we go to eat out and i was like well, that's and perfect. i think
2: it was you know i finally let go of all of that all the shoulds that are around that kind of people are coming over it's thanksgiving because it's really about the people mm-hmm. having the people around and eating good food and so let that be that
0: absolutely um so now kind of focusing in more towards um, how you found the immunology and all these other science tags mm-hmm. Um, what led to you finding this passion in science?
2: A series of accidents. Hmm. I think, um, with regard to being an immunologist, it was not anything I ever planned, anything I even wanted to do. I wanted to be a wildlife biologist. And, you know, go outside and do stuff like that. And then as I, you know, followed my trajectory, because I always thought science was really cool, um... And what I like about it, what I always liked about it is it's really about solving problems or wondering why something works the way it works. And that was really fascinating to me. But um, never really wanted to be an immunologist. I just, you know, I think like a lot of students, you, you're in a class and you get really jazzed by something or a certain professor, and that's what happened to me when I was in grad school. Um, I was taking a course from a guy who was doing cancer research, and I thought, that's super cool. I want to do that. So I changed my entire um, trajectory, and then I decided to do a PhD because I wanted to be a college professor. And I came back to the University of Minnesota, and I didn't want to do immunology. I didn't know much about it, but I knew it was really complicated, and, and just... I just thought it was way too complex and complicated and scary for me to do, and kind of landed in a in a laboratory where they were doing cancer research, which I was interested, but it was really bone marrow transplant and leukemia, which is all immunology, and so accidentally became an immunologist, um, and it's, I love it, it's fascinating, it's a, it's a fascinating field, and you never get tired of it, and you can never know everything about it, and so... It was just a series of following things that I found really interesting and people that I thought were really interesting and really smart and asking Mm -hmm. questions that intrigued me, and ended up doing this work. So it was never anything that I, you know, planned to do.
1: Okay, that's good. So you more of like more so just followed your passion exactly like one month at a time and just figured out. Yep,
2: and and you end up in a good place when you do that,
1: right? That's awesome. So you would, you would say you're not as, uh, as much of a planner, or do you, like, are not as stressed out about what's going on, like, a week from today, or what's your... I
2: try not to be, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of a, a, a melding of two things, because obviously anybody who even goes to college has a plan, right, mm-hmm. because you have a goal. I'm going oh, to get this sure. degree and then I'm going to get another degree or something. So there's, you, you set these goals for yourself, but I think within there to allow yourself the flexibility to kind of bounce around or to listen to yourself and say, well, I thought I wanted to do this, but I think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of
1: both. Yeah. Okay. So as far as um, immunology, how does that relate to like global health? And then you mentioned it being super complex. So yeah. what's, what's that all about?
2: Oh, my gosh, it's everything. Okay, so, um, you know, your immune system is what allows you to get up in the morning and walk out into this world, right, that, that bombards you all the time with um, things that aren't you, things that aren't human, right? And so um, it has to figure out what's going to be dangerous to you, what's not so dangerous to you. Um, I'm going to go eat a steak. Well, that's not human. That came from a cow, you know, but that's safe. I'm okay. I don't have to attack that. But, you know, if there's some bacteria in that steak, your immune system has to figure out that that's something I need to deal with. So, um, if you don't have it, right, you have to be the boy in the bubble if (laughs) you ever saw that movie, right? You can't even go out in the world. Um, And so, you know, just just that understanding, and I think it comes down even to an appreciation. I, I am amazed when you really step and think about it what our bodies do every single day that we don't even think about um, to be able to walk out into the world. Um, and the global health piece, you know, kind of came to me later when I've been a laboratory scientist forever, and those questions still intrigue me, and they're really cool, but they're really geeky, you know, kind of nerdy questions and. Um, and and trying to think about the broader kind of social justice, um, um, social determinants of health kind of questions. Um, and when I think about... I kind of have this Venn diagram in my mind of that kind of basic biology of immunity and then infectious disease, which I'm super interested in. But But those things exist within this huge, you know, bubble of where a person lives, what kind of nutrition you have, what kind of access to health you have, do you have safe water, are you stressed, are you um, challenged by violence in your community? And, and all of that impacts how this <coughs> basic biology works. And those questions became really interesting to me. Um, and so I, you know, fairly recently kind of shifted my professional trajectory to engage in those kinds of questions. And I think students are super interested in, especially your generation is super interested in, um, you know, social justice and, and, and seeing a world out there that, that you might be able to have some kind of impact in improving. And so it, it, it really feeds me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: How would you say that studying something that affects you every day or something that controls how you feel every mm-hmm. day has affected the people around you, and yourself, like how you go about your daily routine with um, studying something as significant mm-hmm. as the immune system.
2: I think um, you know sometimes you just don't think about it at all. You know, I you know my students tease me because we all do this. Like you, you, you will never, ever once you've thought about the immune system, be sick in the same way again. <laughs> like you're laying there going, "All right, now this is happening. Mm-hmm. I feel this way right now because this is happening." Um, you know, so that's just being, you know, geeky in your own head. Um, I think it, um, it's a really good question. You know, I don't know that it impacts my, my day to day in that kind of way. I think, you know, it's part of understanding when you talked about having Dr. Pritchard here and and Dr. Brindell, they talked about, um, I'm sure sleep and, 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 and meditation and all these other kinds of 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 healthy ways to be in the world, mm-hmm. um, I really like understanding the the real science behind those things, and so realizing that um, it does matter if you get enough sleep, because here's what's happening in my body, you know, at that time um, to allow me to to be healthier. If if I feel, you know, a cold coming on. What should I do? You know, how do how do I how do I best um, take care of myself? So basically, my immune system can do its job, so get it out of its way, um, support it, support it because it's you know part of me. Um, but other than that, I, I probably don't spend too much time on a day-to-day basis. Sure. What I try to stay out of my head too much is, like, the infectious disease part, because that can make you crazy, and then you'll never eat anything again. <laughs> um, and, and so to, to, to learn to, um, you know, kind of balance all of that with the knowledge that you have and then still, you know, walk out in the world. Absolutely.
1: So, um, you know, we're, we're average guys, and we don't know much about the immune system. But um, so I asked the question, you know, what's one thing about the immune system that people don't know about? Oh,
2: it's so amazingly cool! Um, I saw that question. and I'm like, what? What is the one thing? I mean, there probably know, isn't just one. Do you know you're not born with a working immune system? Hmm. Hmm. You know, so that when a, when a human infant is born, um, we call it being immunologically naive. They it doesn't work yet, so it takes time for that to develop. Um,
0: and that's through like uh, the neurology of your brain kind of
2: like nope nothing to do with your brain um it has to do basically with um it's like you have to take your immune system out on a walk and show it the world and say you know it has to learn it has to learn what's out there and 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 what to respond to so in human infants uh when they're born they really don't have much ability to do much of that at all um some of it you can do um But so that's why, um, like, breastfeeding is recommended because a lot of that immunity comes from your mom. Um, The other thing that happens is right before you're born, um, your mom passes a lot of her immunity to you as an infant to protect you. When you go out the world, so you have borrowed it from your mom,
0: but she doesn't leave, she doesn't lose it. Nope. she just passes it on. Yep, gotcha. Okay, yep. just want yep. to yep. clarify. Yep. So you
2: want you know this is another you know, really interesting thing is how you think about immunity during pregnancy, so that women who are pregnant are also as healthy as they can be immunologically, so they can pass this on to their infants, because the infant's going to have to, you know, their immune system has to mature and, and learn about that, um, and it's not ready to do so until it's you know weeks and months go by, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes up to a year for certain certain kinds of immunities to develop. So that's pretty cool. Um, your immune system has circadian rhythms. You guys know what circadian rhythms are? With that, sleep? Right, mm-hmm. right. So that different things happen at different times, mm-hmm. um, in the day or night. Most creatures have these things, right? We know when to sleep and when not to. Um, the cells in your immune system are the same way. So some of them are more active at night when you're sleeping, certain kinds of activities. Others are at different times. Um, This is all, you know, pretty new research that people are trying to understand. But going back to your question about your brain, um, when I was in grad school, we were just starting to understand that the nervous system talks to the immune system. And that was heresy. People were like, what? That's nutty. No, that doesn't happen.
1: So like chiropractic and stuff, the stuff they preach day in and day out is true, pretty much?
2: Yeah, that your nervous system and your immune system talk to each other. And so, you know... um, for example you know when let's go to stress okay so stress is a neuronal it's got a lot of you know a lot of um components to it um those signals are sent to different kinds of um organs and tissues in your body and they send molecules that say hey you know something's going on either you know turn this up or turn it down or um so it's you know this 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 strange idea we would ever have that these things were unconnected is untrue. So everything, everything's connected.
0: Okay, I like that. And I'm curious when, like, the usage of hand sanitizer and things like oh. that to, like, block out mm-hmm. those infectious type diseases, um, bacterial diseases, mm-hmm. um, is that recommended? Because you're saying that our immune system likes to see something okay. in a small form and adapt and learn and how to learn how to fight it. So, I've always thought that, like, don't use hand yep. sanitizer for that reason. And also, I heard that it like, kills also good.
2: Yeah, and not that important? Um, yeah.
0: What is it? Um, well, they call good
2: bacteria. bacteria. Yeah, yeah good the bacteria, good ones. Yeah, the good ones. The as well. good bacteria. Mm-hmm. The, the, what do we call it, these? You know, the, the, the fauna, the microfauna. Okay. Um, okay. That's a really, you know, there's been back and forth about because for a while it was hand sanitizer everywhere, right, and antibacterial soaps. Um, and now, kind of, people are like, yeah, back off on right um, um, you know that you can be you know quote unquote too clean right um, one you don't want to kill off the the good germs right the good bacteria they, they do a lot of good stuff for us mm. um, and actually they outcompete the bad guys often right so if you've got a lot of good bacteria on your skin there's no room for the others to, to get there does that mean we shouldn't be washing our hands absolutely not we should be washing our hands but um you know, our, our, our kind of, you know, obsession with, with over-cleanliness, particularly in, in, in some Western countries, um, a lot of folks think is driving some other things we don't want, like allergies, for example. We have a lot of allergies. Um, so, you know, hand sanitizer, you know, we don't need to be bathing in it all the time. You know, if, you don't, if you're somewhere and you're you know, going to eat a meal and you can't get, you know, access to wash your hands... You say I'm saying mm-hmm. before you eat. But every time you touch a thing, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You know? Okay.
1: So you talked about, you know, babies not having a very mm-hmm. strong immune system to start out. Um, how do you develop a strong immune system? Like, what what's the process like with regards to that? Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of going off that, like, how can us guys avoid the common cold every fall? Because we get
2: it every fall. Okay. So how do you, Does you that know, mean we it? have a
1: weak immune system?
2: <laughs> not necessarily. So... You know, developing strong immunity is... um, First of all, if we talk about, you know, kids or as you go... You know, early early in life you get lots of colds and stuff, right? Little kids are always, you know, Mm -hmm. coughing on you. And um, and basically it's because they're seeing... You know, they're out there seeing things. Their immune system is seeing things they haven't seen before, right? They're little. They haven't seen anything before. Um, And... The immune system learns by recognition, and once it sees something, it remembers it so that next time you can mount an immune response and hopefully either not get sick at all or don't get as sick. That's why you get vaccines, right? To introduce your immune system to something that could be really bad so it's, it's ready for it next time. Um, the, the analogy I use when I teach my students about this is imagine that you're, you're in this duplex and somebody comes to the door. And They knock at the door and say, "You never seen this person before, right?" And you let the dude in. He's a bad guy. He trashes, you know, your your duplex, and he steals all your stuff. And he leaves, and you're really pissed at this guy. And sounds
1: a lot like Lorch.
2: Well, there you go. <laughs> and okay, so what's his name?
0: Austin Lorch. Austin Lorch.
2: Austin Lorch. Okay, so now you know Austin Lorch, right? Yeah. He comes to your door next time. Do you let him in?
0: Hmm. Uh. Probably not. Okay. Maybe oh. we let him in one more time, see if he's trustworthy. Okay. Just give him just give him <laughs> like, one more shot, but more, pro- shot. more than likely we don't let him in. Yeah. Okay. Right. So and that's will make it known this is your last try. Also. All right. Yeah.
2: So that's what your immune system does, right? So the first uh-huh. time it goes, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to do with it. It comes in, wreaks havoc, and and now you're on alert, right? Mm. And the next time, we're on launch alert. You're on launch alert. Mm. You know, and and so so you build a strong immune system actually by by being exposed um, to things in the environment and basically teaching your immune system um, to respond so that, so that you know, next time you're able to do that. Um, what supports that? The things that support any healthy lifestyle, right? Sleep, good nutrition, um, not being so stressed that you know, all, of, all of your energy you know, is, is going to places that aren't sustaining you. So, when we talk, you know, kind of about holistic wellness, I mean, think about people who... Let's let's take a global health kind of detour here. Okay.
0: Um,
2: and it's one of the things that made me interested in, in frankly, global health. Um, there's a disease, tuberculosis, that used to be um, really common, and a lot of people were ill with it. Um, it's caused by a bacterium, a germ, and... As it's, it's a really interesting infection because um, you can get exposed to tuberculosis or even become, get it in your lungs and be infected with it. Um, but most people won't get what we call active tuberculosis. You won't get really sick with it or spread it to other people. Um, your immune system does its job and kind of walls it away, takes care of it for you. People who are in really challenging situations, physical situations, so refugee camps or prisons, people who are homeless, people who are malnutritioned, you take that same bacterium, um, and those people have immune systems, right? They're way more likely to get quite ill with tuberculosis. What's the difference? different stressors on their on their bodies right different environments different environments right this whole when i talked about that venn diagram that whole other thing you know so so again to ever think that our health is somehow isolated from the whole environment in which we live which includes you know nutrition and a safe place to live and um Warm clothes and being safe from physical harm and all those things um, really, really are going to alter the impact and the <coughs> outcome of of all kinds of different health things, which have to do one with the, you know, how close I am to whatever this agent is that could make me sick, but also the ability of my immune system to to really deal with it effectively. And it's really hard to do that when your body is. Super stressed. Mm -hmm. Just all the resources going to something else.
0: And that's always something I've found really interesting is the connection between stress Mm
2: -hmm. and levels
0: of people then like developing a sickness or a cold, just because your body is just in such like a distressed situation Mm -hmm. that it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but I just know in general that your body doesn't want to fight it or doesn't isn't capable of fighting it because you're. Is I don't know if there's like some type of neurological thing mm-hmm. where it it has the ability to fight it when you have like a positive um get after it type mentality when you have this sickness or if you let the sickness like I'm sick and I'm just going to mm-hmm. sit in my bed and just wallow over what was it woe is me woe is me type of mentality and you stay sick mm-hmm. longer I it's it just in like um a personal experience-wise, mm-hmm. that's my connection I've made. That's what Coach
1: Crusoe says. So we're on the football team, yeah. and he says, anytime you start to feel sick or are sick, you just don't become sick. <laughs> is that can, can that be confirmed?
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about you know that kind of real research with, with regard to that. I do know there is, um, you know, it's quite well documented that, and, and there's actually a name they give it. But and maybe you've seen this um, in your own experiences with your with your peers in college. That often students will—it's like you—you you make it through some like really stressful time, like finals, and you get sick right afterwards. Um, and there were some people that actually did those studies several years ago on medical students. Um, and then trying to understand what's going on at the cellular basis is, is where it gets trickier, um, you know. But that you know, because when you're stressed, you know, you get all kinds of stress hormones, um, and some of them are are. are Cortical steroids that do impact the development of a particular set of immune cells, um, and and so I'm going to oversimplify this, but um, you know stress is kind of this big catch-all. You know, there's physical stress, there's emotional stress, there is you know, anyway, um, you know, different kinds of, of things, and and you know, if you think about well, a little bit of of stress, quote unquote might actually be a good thing right can can activate some of those cells and mechanisms but where's the tipping point point? Um, and that's where sleep comes in too because these some of these hormones are the same hormones right mm-hmm. um, and some of the work your immune system does happens during sleep and when some of these corticosteroids and these other hormones are at, at different levels so if you're in stress and, 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 and these signals just never stop, or, or the signals that, that are, that's happening, um, that are, that are being sent are, um, misaligned. You know, the other piece about immunity is it's, it's, if you think, you know, it, it's, it's very balanced, okay? So you want an immune response, but you don't want too much of one, and you want it to turn off when it's supposed to turn off, because if it doesn't, then you're shit out of luck again I mean you know it, 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 um, if it doesn't turn off then there's all kinds of other things that happen to people for example let's talk about sports um, you guys probably talk about inflammation is that something you want? Uh,
0: no I don't think so um, I think yeah I don't think so but oh. I want to say that, that you, you like, mice oh you're saying like swelling and stuff? yeah, yeah. oh yeah I'm yeah, sure it's to grow
1: because your body then sees it, and, well, that way you know you're hurt at least. Like, oh.
2: So, so you don't know, right? It's yeah, a, it's yeah. like, well, sometimes, you know, and I think um, inflammation is an immune response, right? There's a reason we do it, and yet it needs to turn off, right? If you have inflammation that that keeps going even after um, the injury is over or you can't resolve the injury because, you know, the inflammation just keeps too much inflammation will keep damaging your tissue. That's too much, right? That's that's an, an immune response that um, is either misdirected, or there's you know something else going on there, or sometimes it's because whatever's causing the inflammation is still in there or something. Yeah. Um, you know, or you asked about you know catching colds and nobody likes them, and you know you feel crappy. You feel crappy because your immune system's working. You know, um and so if you had no immune response, you might not even know you had a cold. Really? You know, this production of mucus and the fevers and the the the, the ache that's inflammation. Oh. Um but you don't want that to go on all the, forever, right? And right. too much fever is a bad thing. So it's it's all this balance. It's all you know. You know, this this balancing act of, of <coughs> having to be a an appropriate immune response directed to the thing you want it directed to and not to that pollen that just came out of that tree because now I have an allergy. Mm-hmm. That's an immune response. Nobody likes that one. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about a robust immune response, it's about a robust, appropriate, right, to the right stuff, um, and then, you know, controlled, you want it to go away when it's done, immune response.
1: So, kind of going off the global health twist mm-hmm. you put us on, um, how is the world doing in regards to being How to health is the right world now? doing?
2: Well, um, that's a really you know, broad question. How is the world <laughs> doing? Um, and it also, I think, depends on how you define health, right? So, yeah. you know, what does it mean to be healthy? You know, WHO has a pretty broad Definition of health, which I think again ties back to some of the stuff you probably were talking with Bill Brantle about. It's not just the absence of illness, although that's super important, right? It's hard to be healthy when you're obviously you know suffering from you know some horrible illness. But WHO you know talks about you know health. It 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 also includes mental health, emotional health, um, access. To what you need to be healthy: food, clean water, um, safe environments, being um, safe from violence. That's huge. If we think about um, what's going on in the world and with you know refugee crises and um, you know other kinds of displacements, that's part of global health. You can't be healthy if you're worried about your physical safety and the physical safety of your family I mean, kind of bottom line yeah. um, so I think it depends is the answer on, on what outcome you're measuring in some uh, regards um, there have been some really great improvements if I think about um, HIV AIDS uh, I used to I still do teach about HIV AIDS um Great progress has been made in that regard. In that, if someone has a, a, a you know positive HIV status, it doesn't necessarily mean they're you know going to be dead in five years from 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 AIDS. Um, have we have we totally con- conquered that? No, uh, particularly in, in certain parts of the world. Um, I go to Botswana with students in in J term and. Uh, Botswana's done a, a, an amazing job with their with their HIV crisis, but still, you know, has a pretty high, you know, prevalence rate of about even twenty five percent of the people in that country are infected. So, wow. um, so lots of progress in some areas, still lots of challenges. Um, you know, when when we think there's still places that folks don't have clean water. I mean, in the United States, the whole you know. The, the water issue in, in, Flint, in, in Flint, Michigan. So there's even pockets. I would you know, in one of the other things I talk to my students about, <coughs> when I say, if we're talking about global health, let's remember that means the whole globe. Uh, we often think about people in other places. Um, and we have significant health challenges in the United States still. So yes. I think it's, you know, it's some things are, 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 are good stories, and some things we still have work to do.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so are we healthy guys?
2: No, no, you healthy guys.
1: I think we.
0: Uh, What's the probably... definition
2: of health? So you average guys.
0: Um, I would like to say that I can get out of bed if my head <laughs> isn't having like a cloggy,
2: okay. a, like, a
0: cloudy, cloggy mm-hmm. feeling. And if that's the case, I feel like I'm healthy enough to. Yeah, if I'm do not like that coughing
1: day. all night before okay. bed, or if I don't like blow my nose a lot, then I'd say I'm pretty healthy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you can get up and do the things you want to do and. Yeah. So nothing getting, hurts too much all the time
1: yeah yeah it's, i mean we're getting old with regards to football and stuff so you know yeah, our, our ankles so. and knees are uh, slowly in it. We're declining mm-hmm. at a rapid rate yeah. but they're getting people, cranky yeah. they're getting
2: cranky but you can do the things you want to do yeah
1: yes
2: you know i think the other thing um that when we talk about health and it's kind of the invisible you know i think um A lot of folks are talking about mental health now in ways that we didn't before. I think that's a really good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So that's a different kind of health that you can't see with your eyes, right? Yes. But, um, you know, I think, you know, you guys are like, you should be healthy.
0: I think so. I think we're we're awfully healthy. And Mm -hmm. you know what's the best part right now is with this kind of conversation is the the ability to tie back exactly what you've mentioned with Dr. Pritchard and sleep and Dr. Mandel and meditation and just kind of the... Um, full circle of the different aspects it all takes to maintain a healthy lifestyle and the um, kind of responsibility it's on you if you want to stay healthy you have all the resources and people are coming up with really um, innovative and new ways just to understand the body and with the sleep stuff that just simply getting 8 hours and having that go to bed at 1130 and wake up at 730 having 8 hours Mm -hmm. doing that consistently your immune system works tremendously better and then adding meditation into your system. Lowering your stress. Lowering that stress, yep. again, helps that immune Eat system. Food. Eat good food.
2: I, um... It's all the stuff your mom told you.
0: Yes. it's the, They preached
1: it in, in middle school. And oh, I know. In elementary school, wash your hands and... You know.
2: But what I think, because I'm a science geek, which I love, to, is, like, all this stuff, it's like... And again, I tell my students this all the time. I'll say, you already, you already know this, you just don't know you know it. Um, you know, because you live this way you know this stuff and then I just love when I can go and like say and here's the cool science that shows it's true you know look at this it's so cool
1: yeah um, so we do our research again I mentioned that earlier um, well side note uh, my girlfriend took your uh, dog and pony show biology
2: oh, class oh that's the funnest class ever yeah
1: she has great Who? reviews uh, Sierra Capra yeah Gosh, just love that class. It was, see, so to this day, she said it's the favorite cla- her favorite class mm. ever. So, cool. so Melissa
2: awesome. and I were just talking about that. We have to teach that class again.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, can you describe us what the healing power of horses, like what is that exactly? <sighs>
2: healing power of horses. Horses are kind of amazing animals. And I think that's part of it. Um, they're, I'm a dog person. Like dogs. Dogs are super cool, too, but... If you think about what a horse is, you know, it's, it's kind of like a giant deer, right? They're a prey animal, right? Yeah. Things eat them. And so because of that, they've evolved to be super um, aware of what's going on around them, right? Otherwise, something's going to eat you. And and so they're they're really in tune with the people around them, the other horses around them. Um, they communicate really subtly with one another. Um you Ear flicks and things like that and I think um, you know part of what makes them therapeutic you know is is that they're really sensitive animals and if a, if a person for example they've, they've started using equine therapy with people with PTSD and and sometimes issues with people with PTSD or other kinds of anxieties that is kind of they're also super hyper aware of and responsive to their surroundings in sometimes ways that, that make their lives difficult um, and being with this other animal that responds in the same way back and forth to folks seems to be a way um, for a person who's in that anxious space to engage with another being who's not a human who's not asking why are you acting that way um, and, and they, they can kind of feed off one another so if if as we are working with people and you're saying, well, watch the horse. When the horse puts its head down, they're calm. Does that calm you? And um, so I think part of it is just because of the nature of, of horses and the way they have to engage in the world and be such sensitive animals. If you can be in the quiet with them, um, it, it, it seems to be really, really therapeutic to, for folks. That's, that's awesome. And they're super cool. I mean, you could just... They're the most domesticated
0: animal besides a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes historically. sense. historically. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, I rode a horse for the first time I think in six years this um, this summer, and just it, how sensitive they are. Yeah. And um, when you approach them, the way you get on the uh, you mount the horse, and then the way you hold the reins and everything mm-hmm. about a horse. They when you're, when you're mount when you're on the horse, they control you. They're such a powerful beast, it's like driving a car. It is totally... but with a car with knowledge that yeah. can do whatever they <laughs> want to do. Eye. Yeah, and um, just knowing that that the PTSD and the connection yeah. that it can have, I totally, I can picture Doesn't that. Sense? Yeah. I can picture that vividly of just how um, someone can cope a coping mechanism with that, and having a friend that reacts in a similar way because they ju- they jerk and they jump and. Um, That's really neat. I didn't really ever think about it in that type of way.
2: And they really are... I mean, the other thing I think is really fascinating, because I think they're the coolest animals, is they really trust us as well. So when you think about how big they are, um, and so sensitive, and again, if you think about the evolution of this animal and being domesticated, they're not meant to have anything on their back. You know, in the wild, what would be on their back? A cougar trying to eat them, right? And so... Mm. For them to if you you know what do you do you, you throw animal skins on them right <laughs> a saddle is leather right yeah. oh, here's a dead animal i'm going to put it on top of your back where you know where you know thousands of years of evolution have told you don't let anything on your back because it's going to eat you um and we do it mm-hmm. and we do it and and they say okay i'll take you there they could they could do anything they want. I think about that all the time. You know, this massive animal could... Take off. Doesn't have to do any of this, <laughs> yeah. but they do. Yes. They're pretty cool.
1: Last time I rode a horse, I uh, fell off. Did not happen. Yeah, and it was uh, pretty scary, but it was because I s- steered it in the wrong direction. I was riding a show horse, mm-hmm. and they are you have to ride them a certain way. It's not like you jump on them and they take you to wherever you want them to go. So I was like steering, and the saddles loose a little bit. So I, I pulled back on it. So it just stopped, and my nurse just took me like, <laughs> twenty feet in the forward direction. Mm-hmm. So haven't rode a horse since, but. Uh, it's I
2: don't one know. of those. Whor- I tell people, you know, when you do those trail rides, and sometimes people will complain to me that this horse isn't doing anything; it's just following. I said, "This horse is a, a saint because if it did what you were telling it to do, you would be Screw off the it. cliff, right?" <laughs> and and so because they're, you know, you you talking about the show horses. I and mean, those that's the kind of riding i do and you you move your weight right and they go okay i'll go that way you know it's re- they're really sensitive animals and mm-hmm. so um so i could understand if you're riding a horse that was actually saying where are we going and you said i'm going to go here and the horse said okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. um, so you know kind of trap the puck we do this on our podcast yeah. um, so just kind of collect our thoughts and move to the next thing um we know you uh, are big time into uh, pedig- pedagog-
2: pedagogy. Pedagogy?
1: Pedagogy. There we go. A That's word I nice. never knew until yeah. I came here, right? Yeah, I <laughs> pretty much researched that. The art, of, <laughs> the art of teaching. The art of teaching. Um, so it's it's very clear that you just love to teach, and mm-hmm. it's very evident. And we, as podcasters, need to teach yeah. our listeners and our marketing interns about our podcast and about things that people talk like, mm-hmm. like yourself, talk about on our show. So, um, like, what's one thing we could do
0: to help teach people about our
2: podcast what do you want them to know that's the first thing
0: uh, you have to hmm. ask yourself um, well one thing that was neat that uh, we've kind of gathered through like the Tommy Media article and people that have get, um, listened to the podcast is we the way we format our show is um, we talk about ourselves in an average way to like just bring us not to take we don't take ourselves that seriously mm-hmm. bring us down to the level of the playing field of everyone else we're all um, on earth together why not just be friendly and just acknowledge each other for just being them. Um, but at the same time, the way we describe each other, um, and the way we try to, um, create our content is to make those people seem like have a relation to the relation to Mm -hmm. it, and and above average. Like your story is worthy and we want, we want your marketing. We call our listeners marketing interns because we don't market at all. We just have our people that listen to it. Hopefully they spread it word about, Uh Um, so hopefully those people tell other people, hey, this is really neat, um, check this out, because I don't think you've ever heard this perspective, um, and this person has a really cool story. So that's how we are trying to like shift our show in that direction, and um, easy, easier said than done. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to stimulate questions and um, bring in people that allow for that to happen. And it's been really neat with St. Thomas, especially, mm-hmm. because every professor has that story. It's just... Um, Trying to get that, trying to get them on the show, and then having them share that story, um, is a process that we're learning and trying yeah. to grow from.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. I feel like part of it is. I mean, just going back to, I think this is super cool, and I didn't know about it, right? Um, and so now I'm going to tell somebody about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love your approach to, you know, this whole, like the average, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the, the question you asked about being average because average is great, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, I, I think about, um, you know, that, that kind of message and, and, and the two things that you just said was, you know, your approach of this kind of average thing, but yet we all have a story, right? And we all have some interesting things. And then, um, and so, you know, circling back, you know, this, what do people want to know about and um, what's your story I think you know one of the idea of listening listen like to the moth radio hour where people just tell their stories it's on NPR but okay. I, it's, it's that same idea and I think it's almost a snowballing and I know that doesn't really help you right because you're, you're at your you're beginning here of, of getting it out but I yeah. think you're you know teaching people about it is first of all reaching out and saying look at this right and yeah. and um, you know, for us as professors we're lucky because you guys have to be there, right? So <laughs> yes, <laughs> at least marketing we have a captured at least yeah. we have marketing is taken care of initially. But but then right, so if we think about if we think about that microcosm of a classroom, there's still some analogies and that's why I asked you what do you want people to know? Because I think that's the first thing anybody should ask when you're teaching anybody anything, right? What um, what I want to tell you? What's my story? Um, and and then um what do you want to know? What are your interests? How can And then how do I connect those two, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to overstate this, but I've said it before about teaching, and, and this will be taken wrong maybe now, but I, I sometimes say, yeah, I sometimes trick my students into learning. And it's not really what I mean, but I mean that my favorite part, let's go back to the Dog and Pony show course we taught, our goal there was to teach biology. It was always that, um, but I also know that not everybody's as jazzed about biology and the signaling of T cells and B cells as I am. And, um, but the trick is to say, well, everyone knows what a horse is, and everybody knows what a dog is, and and or when I teach cell biology, everybody's had that experience where where you get scared and your heart starts beating super fast, okay? Why does that happen? What happens? You know, how can I, you know, let's tell this story about the science I want you to understand through something that you find intuitively interesting or that you already understand. And the favorite comments I get on student reviews is when a student says, I love this class. And I hate science. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. You were doing science the whole time. You didn't even know it. Um, awesome. And so, you know, if you think about the folks you want to reach, um, what's their story, and then how can you tie into their story and, yeah. and, and trick, them into, trick them into saying... Trick them
1: into doing a podcast. This is super cool. I want yes. to do it, too. Mm. Okay, That's so awesome. going off your story, Coffee this story? is a perfect transition. We asked... Um, this is called, uh, our segment called The Bar Story. So, oh, I have a Bar Story. Um, so yeah. it's, more, it's more a story, uh, we explain it as pretty much if you're sitting at the bar and some random stranger comes up next to you and you're going to be there for the next hour blowing off steam on the front end. Uh, How much story? I think
2: Lurch guy, <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> that, like, yeah, Laura, Creepy yeah. dude or something. Lurch, okay. I don't think Lurch goes to the bar that much, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry about <laughs> that. Um, but, you know, what's the story that you have um, that is you know about you something that tells a story that best represents you but yeah. at the same time you know is interesting enough to keep
2: the listener involved a story oh man those are hard This was so hard I thought about this one mm-hmm. and um, a story about me a story about I was thinking, it's not a story, it's just a thing I do. So I'll tell you a thing I do every year, and you can tell me if that's a story. Um, and some people think this is a nutty thing, and I think it's... So every year, I, um, I get in my car, my Mini Cooper, with my little dog. And I, I have some rules. No GPS, no plan, no reservation, no interstates. And I get in my car, and sometimes I flip a coin and decide which way to go. North, south, east, west. And I go. Um, For a week, two weeks, whenever I get tired of driving. And it's amazing. Because how often do we not have a plan, not have a place, not have a time... Not have an expectation. Um, And, oh, and I never listen to, like, news or podcasts or anything. I just listen to music. And um, I meet amazing people. I see incredible places. There are more roads in this country that, you know, and and you can do this thing and you go, I wonder what's down there. And you go. Um, And... It doesn't take long to realize, you know, how, to let stuff fall away because when, when I, this is called my trip to nowhere. Somebody else calls it that, but you got named that. Mm. Um, think about it. You can never be late. You can never be lost. You can never be wrong because you don't have, you, you, you're not going anywhere. So that's the thing I do. So it's fun. There's lots of good stories from those trips. I, that's <laughs> so, so cool. I can imagine. I mean, I'm just
0: picturing just all the endless possibilities. We have this map right here, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is this is our starting point. That's <laughs> our that's our trip to nowhere map. Sometimes we come in here and we throw a dart at it and be like, "That's
2: another good thing." And and so I will There's buy so many dart
0: marks. In I will day. buy
2: paper maps because what I learned after the first year is sometimes I want to know where I went, and then I get a highlighter, and at the end of the night I try to see where I went, mm-hmm. so cool. um, and um, it's really fun. And, you, and I stay in a lot of kind of just. Um, one time I did leave a hotel because I was too scared. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. But um, you know, the kind you just drive up to? Yep. Yeah.
0: You know, a trip to nowhere. That's very Do it. Neat. so cool. Yes. Do it. Do it. That, that's something that's going to be happening yeah. for sure on the back pocket. A couple of podcasters taking a trip to nowhere. Trip to nowhere. Well,
2: and you talk about average people, right? Mm. In your podcast. And they're everywhere. And they're just fascinating. Yes, and the other one of my more interesting observations is as I'm traveling, and I'll stop and I'll talk, and and um, sometimes it's you know because if you stop and you get gas, and you'll ask somebody a question, and they'll say, "Where are you going?" and I'll say, "I don't know," and and we'll have this conversation, and and people will ask, start asking you what you're doing and why you're doing it, but I also realize people ask me more what I what I'm doing. And not what I do. And when you think about the bar story, what do people usually ask you the first thing you sit down?
0: What do you do for what the do do? What do you
2: do? Yeah. do, you do? Mm-hmm. Where do you go to school? What are you going to do? And, and you get defined by that. And so, and this is more, you end up being defined by what you're doing in a way that's really interesting. Although, one time coming back from Canada, when they said, What are you doing? And I said, I'm just driving. I kind of got pulled over, put in some little chairs for a while. <laughs> Set her down, make sure she's not crazy. They did, and they're like going through my whole car underneath it. Mm. So anyway, but it was fine. They let me out.
1: Mm. Very, very. I crazy. like I like science, and I take a week off once a year. Just driving.
2: I don't. I'm, no, I don't know. I'm just driving.
1: That's shocking. Canadians are usually really nice.
2: I know it was easy to get into Canada. It was coming back, so maybe it was our people that didn't want me back. Yeah, I
1: think that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Um, so let's finish this show, how we always do, and you know it's kind of going back to that, you know, what are you doing type thing. What am I doing? So what did you learn today, from the time you woke up till now?
2: What have I learned today? Well, I learned where this house was, and that was that was important because there was another big blue house over there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, what did I learn? Okay, I relearned that, you know, that I have the best job because I get to hang out with students like you guys and. Seriously, there is nothing better and or more energizing than than talking to people who are thinking about stuff and want to do things. And so, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. I learned about this podcast. Um, I learned about what you guys have learned from other folks.
0: Tried to, yep. to say, yeah. yeah, it's it's all so. And it's still morning. Yeah, yes, it's still sponges. morning. We're sponges. Mm-hmm. We had a fantastic interview. Um, thank you, Jill, for coming on the show. We've. Um, learned a lot, and I hope our marketing interns will take away their golden nugget and pass it along—a word of mouth podcast. Um, so, thank you, and we appreciate your
2: time. Thank you.
0: So that was our interview with Jill Mansky. Again, thank you so much, Jill, for coming on the show. We always appreciate uh, when you uh, her, her thoughtfulness and you know everything that she's
1: done. You yes, know, and and she's the, probably one of the most personal people people we've had on the show. Not a lot of people we always ask if they want to come to our studio and it always ends up being great when they show up to the den, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just crazy to think about like some random person that we don't even know and we email them and say, Hey, can we do an interview? And she was like, why are you asking me to do an interview? And then we're like, Oh, by the way, can you come over to our college house and interview? like she was all in it all, all in for she it bought in and totally bought it but yeah. like can you imagine being in that situation and be like yeah sure I'll come
0: over to your what, your guys' house what i felt really bad was i she came in through the front door um and our house is really bad at turning the lights on mm-hmm. so we had no lights on in the whole house she's walking through our maze of a like duplex to go through the living room kitchen out the side door um, through the side porch up the dark uh, stairs up, up the dark stairs up to the second floor of the duplex which is also dark which is also dark and then Declan's standing up there with a smile and uh, howdy. howdy how are <laughs> we doing you ready and then we like take her into this the studio that isn't clean but it just embodies us yeah. it's just a unique process it's mesmerizing yeah and then she called she's like there must be i feel like
1: everything in here has a story and we're like that's correct she's like that dollar right there on the wall that's got a story And we're like it's got a story. That's
0: correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we might still tell that story one day, yeah. not today. Yeah. Uh, but we will t- well, one thing we will tell you is uh, what we learned in a feel-good story. Um, mm. So well, let's go ahead and finish our uh, show off. If you've made it this far, uh, congratulations. Um, you're a finisher. Uh, you're a finishing marketing intern. Go ahead and put that on your resume. Congratulations for making it this far, making this part of your day. Um, so,
0: Andrew, what did you learn? Uh, this week I learned about Jim Carrey. Um, the actor, the actor, yes, okay. um, if you do uh, if you want to go into a little rabbit hole of jim carrey it 's pretty deep, uh, really he is just uh, a new person now from where he was when he started his acting career, I think in the eighties um, He is just transformed his perspective on life he 's got a new documentary on Netflix that I watched, and that kind of generated my rabbit hole. Um, so I I recommend it. It's wonky, but I recommend it. Can you give us like a synopsis, like on Wikipedia
1: sh- page of if you typed in Jimmy Car- Jim Carrey
0: right now? Uh, I'm gonna give you yeah, his perspective on life right now.
1: Okay, currently, uh,
0: Currently. because he was on like,
1: like Dumb and Dumber, right? That was his like
0: yes Ace Ventura, um, okay, The
1: Truman Show. Okay, so um, that's like his early stuff. That's mask. what that's like Jim Carrey. If I were to tag Jim Carrey, it'd be
0: like Dumb and Dumber. Things for the just mask. listed. Yes. Okay, all right. So Jim Carrey, his perspective on life right now. He does not identify as jim carrey anymore he identifies as an um as an energy of molecules um and just like uh he does not have ambition to move forward in his life he is just a um literally he's just energy it was the want. it was like what is going through this man's head right now Listen to an interview, and it'll clear it up so much further. I'm not going to do it justice with describing where his head is right now. So he's just a a matter in space. Yes. That's how he is, like, viewing himself himself and what he wants others to view themselves as well. Oh, my God. So he's totally fallen off the cliff. Um, One could say yes. One could say. Wait, so does he have, like, a wife and kids, or what's his... Do your research on him. I'm not going to... I don't know much, but I do know I went in a rabbit hole, and it was pretty. It was. It was what's, fun. what's the uh, Netflix documentary called? It was Jim Carrey uh, and Andy Kaufman. So it's a it's a documentary on when he played a real person, Andy Kaufman, who was comedic, uh, co- a comedic that died when he was thirty five, and he uh, like played that. Let me mean played. Jim well. Carrey plays this guy in the movie. Okay, gotcha. Um, and Andy Kaufman is a comedic that just like totally embraced different per- roles of. Like, he has different personalities. He was probably bipolar. Okay. Because he was literally just different people all the time. Okay. And Jim Carrey played that person, and he became Andy Kaufman, literally. And he became almost bipolar, because when he ended... Himself through acting? Through acting. Because when he ended that movie, he didn't... He couldn't remember who he was and what he... Like, his drive what it was, it was crazy. Watch the documentary. You'll okay, like, so what's it called again? Sorry, Jim Carrey and Andy Kaufman. Jim Carrey. And, oh my god. Yeah. So maybe Dude, do your research. That sounds out?
1: like a must. That sounds like must watch material.
0: Yeah. I don't know how you
1: get your paws on these movies, but I love it. Mm. Andrew, by the way, Andrew, if you never need like movie suggestions, we might do a segment one of these days. where We just throw out movies for people to watch because you're like hundred percent bad in a thousand like on movie suggestions or anything of the sort. So I can only try. Go to this guy. All okay. right. Um, so what did I learn? Um, so this has to do with your hands. Um, so this is kind of cool. It's cold outside right now. Um, so your hands, so actually let's re, let's rewind a little bit. Um, your hypothalamus, which is in the back of your head, like the little bone, like if you put your hands behind your head and you reach and you feel a little bone right there, right underneath that is your hypothalamus that controls the temperature in your body. So it either tells your body to generate heat cause it's cold or lose heat because it's hot. So when you're hot, like for example, um, well, actually, no. That's that's all it is. That's what the hypothalamus does. But what people found is that you can trick your hypothalamus into heating or losing heat in your body through your hands. Um, so if you, what they found is you can, if you work out and you're really hot outside, like football camp, 90 degrees, your body is heating up, and um, they found that if you cool your hands off, like put your hands in an ice bucket, or they created these gloves that you stick your hands in, and they basically um, it puts them into like a blood pressure vacuum. And then makes your hands super cold for like ten seconds. It actually tricks your body into cooling it down rapidly, and it it increases um, your efficiency, your body's efficiency in its perform in its athletic or performance. So, um, a lot of football teams and a lot of sports teams have actually got their hands on this, literally, <laughs> um, like Stanford. So they're called these like cool gloves. I don't know what they're called, but basically. Um, you got your four reps or whatever, you go out, um, I'll go on the field, play, run around, then you go off and you put your hands in these things for like 30 seconds, it cools you down, it lowers your body temperature by X amount, and then you go back out there and your performance is just as good as it was before. So oh, it so. maximizes, yeah, maximizes your endurance just by cooling your hands down. So that would be, that would be if your body's too hot. So now if your body's too cold... You, you think the opposite. So you want to warm your hands up to warm your whole body up. Put them up, in the oven. Which is, yeah, you put them in the, sure, put them in the oven. <laughs> but, like, think about if you're, like, for us, it's super applicable because we practice in Minnesota and we're free, like, we go out in the freezing negative 10 degree weather, like, routinely. Mm-hmm. So it's actually huge to make sure your hands are warm at all times. And so, I mean, we're running around, we're heating our bodies up consistently, but if you're just standing on the sidelines or something like that, you got to find a way to keep your hands warm because if your hands are cold, your body temperature is going to drop significantly,
0: and then that can cause problems. And so, if your body temperature, if your hands are cold, your body temperature diminishes. Then your athletic performance would diminish because you're saying it's not, it's not the efficiency level is not where it needs to be. Right. Yeah. It's your your body's not making the most of
1: what it can be because its temperature is off. Gotcha. Pretty much. So if you're able to basically neutralize that. Um, your body temperature, and get it to where you want it to be
0: because you know what situation you're in. Then you're able to make the most of it. That's tremendous. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, marketing interns, you just got two awesome. What did you learn? So, embrace these two and take take part in them. And yeah,
1: go go tell your friends. Yeah, and then go ahead and say you learned it on the back pocket podcast.
0: Mm, a word of mouth podcast right here. Yeah. That's what we
1: do. Absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and finish how we always do. Uh, finish on a positive note. Um, our feel-good story of the week. So our feel-good story this week is my sister, actually, Rory Brown. Who we had on the show. Yeah. Um, podcast, like, 20-something. Matt and Sarah. The, the Younger and, Siblings Podcast. Yeah, the Younger Siblings Podcast. That was a, Go back and listen to that one. Also, mm-hmm. very electric. Um, but she uh, is at USD currently right now. She's a sophomore. University of San Diego. She's playing soccer there. Um, and then basically um, had an injury, wasn't able to play soccer. Or actually um, decided to stop playing soccer because of the injury. But then uh, she reached out to Cornell, uh, Andrew's dad's alma mater. Used to went, used to go to Cornell, and she reached out to Cornell. Cornell loved her, and now, uh, long story short, she's going to Cornell now. So uh, she's really forced our hands as podcasters. We got to go visit her now.
0: That's an absolute must. we uh, you know, we've you've seen us wear the Cornell long sleeves. Yeah, I mean that's an early connection that we made before I really knew Declan was. He had a Cornell long sleeve on, wore it to around school or at practice one day, and I was like. Can I have that shirt? I just want it, and he's like, "Well, do you have one you would trade me?" And I was, I didn't have a trade shirt. So. I think
1: you offered me like a, a pirates a pirates long sleeve or something. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, I don't want a pirates baseball yeah. shirt." So, but anyways, the story about that shirt's actually pretty funny. Uh, I, my dad and I were working out, working out at a twenty four hour fitness, which is I'm pretty sure everyone knows what that is. We were in the locker room and there was a little lost and found. I was like, "If that's where I found that Cornell long sleeve shirt, I was like, no, that's a dope shirt." And every time I wear it, like, something crazy happens. So, like, one time I wore it out to the bars, and some guy came up to me and was like, yo, did you go to Cornell? And I was, like, messing around with him. I was like, yeah, I went to... Or, like, I was like, yeah, my dad went to Cornell. I played you, pretty much. Yeah. And he was like, no way, I played football there. And I literally talked to this guy, a football player from Cornell, for, like, 30 minutes, acting as a guy whose dad went to Cornell. And then... So that was wild. And then the day I wore my Cornell shirt last week was the day Rory texted me and called me and said hey, I'm transferring to Cornell. I was like, I had no idea. I'm just wearing the Cornell shirt. So kind of cool. A uh, little interesting story there. Um, but hey, keep grinding and things will pay off. And pretty much the end of the day, you got to love the process. And the process will love you. So take that with you for this week. We'll see you next week. Take care. Take care.